That's 74%. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and our guest presenter is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Jim. On today's uh, programme, we're talking about uh, Hong Kong's attractiveness to international investors as the Financial Secretary Paul Chan attends the 54th World Economic Forum at Davos in Switzerland. Mr Chan is expected to speak at two sessions and will meet influential business leaders to promote Hong Kong's advantages as the city hopes to attract new investors and boost its role as a family office hub. With the theme of rebuilding trust, this year's forum takes place at a time of ongoing international tensions, affecting the world's economy from the war in Ukraine to conflict in the Middle East. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233-88-266. And after 9.45 this morning, we'll uh, discuss uh, addiction to electronic devices among primary age children. That's following the release of a new study. Joining us uh, now, we have uh, on the line Inyake Amate, who's uh, chairman of the European Chamber of Commerce in Hong Kong. Good morning to you. Good morning. And also joining us is Andrew Lang, uh, international and independent China strategist and uh, former director general of social welfare. Good morning to you, Andrew Lang. Uh, good morning. Perhaps if we could start with you, uh, Mr. Amate. So um, uh, Paul Chan, uh, before he left for Davos, uh, talking about Hong Kong still offering international investors great uh, potential for growth. Uh, um, in addition to the, the the regular elements which are always quoted, you know, Hong Kong's rule of law, uh, the common law, the uh, connection between uh, internationally and mainland China. What are, what are the particular uh, advantages, would you say, um, at this time, at the moment? Well, of course, Hong Kong still remains uh, a central geopolitical uh, and geoeconomical uh, place in the world by the, its connection to, to mainland China, right, mm. through the... Uh, uh, the, what we've been talking always that, I mean, is the gateway, the easiest gateway to any kind of trade, any kind of investments that anyone wants to do with mainland China. Um, however, we also know that, I mean, um, uh, traditionally Hong Kong has played a, a very key role in the region, in the, in the South Asia, uh, Southeast Asia part of the world. However, I mean, that position has been deteriorating in the last three, four years. And I think now is the time to see if we can regain that position back. Mm. Right. Um, and how could we do that? And what could Paul Chen say in Davos to give people confidence? Uh, uh, well, first of all, um, I think repeating the messages is always good. Um, it's, it's clear that at the moment the world is distracted with so many other things that it's, it's important that we repeat that we are here and we are a, a place that is worth considering. Um, however, it's also clear that uh, the optimism that we had uh, about a year ago when we started to to see that uh, Hong Kong was opening to the world, that optimism is, is transforming into more realism and pragmatism when we see that the world is not running and coming back to Hong Kong as we uh, initially thought that it would be the case. So now we are starting to see that there is a need for 
uh, more aggressive or proactive uh, measures to make sure that people uh, take Hong Kong into consideration. And, and that might lead towards a more um, aggressive plan that takes into consideration things like incentives in a scale that we haven't seen yet to, to be at the level of competitiveness that, um, that, that helps us to beat uh, markets like uh, Singapore or the Middle East. Right now, um, we, are, we are not top of mind when investors are thinking where to put the money. And I think that's something that we need to change. And if we want to change, you need to really think like the others. You need to think about what do we do in order to make this um, a place that beats the rest, right? Uh, um, Andrew Lang, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, so the recovery from the pandemic years, it hasn't been quite as uh, robust as uh, many people were hoping. Uh, what, what, what do you think is the reason for that? Well, I think, first of all, um, this is no ordinary platform. Uh, Davos is the world's um, uh, premier um, business and also um, top uh, heads of state um, and also uh, CEOs of large multinationals are all there. So they are not uh, just ordinary people uh, listening to um, bland explanations of Hong Kong's advantages. Um, and there are very serious headwinds facing the world, uh, facing China, facing Hong Kong. And the Hong Kong story has got to be told well. Um, as I said, not ordinary people in the street, uh, but the top business people around the world, and also even uh, state leaders. So what are some of the, thick, um, the, um, the, the hot issues uh, surrounding Hong Kong? I think the international investor, um, rightly or wrongly, um, is worried a little bit about the um, uh, integrity uh, of our one country, two systems. So how do you debunk this myth? Uh, secondly, you know, so what about our advantages uh, of, with the integration with the Greater Bay Area? Um, the regional comprehensive economic partnership, what does it mean? Um, the um, Hong Kong's role in China's um, Belt and Road Initiative, which is also subject to its own headwinds. Um, and um, what are the special attractions for Hong Kong as a financial center? Uh, the attractions of Hong Kong's economy. Uh, the question about Hong Kong's talent pool. Um, and more specifically, various other kind of business uh, segments uh, like healthcare. Well, what does it mean? You know, and what are the Hong Kong's um, again um, uh, um, uh, 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 unique selling points there? The medical and dental um, um, uh, 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 sector, uh, pharmaceuticals and health products, uh, high tech. Um, you know, what, how, how does Hong Kong compete with places like Singapore um, and also big data, Internet of Things? And coming back to tourism as well, you know, there are other various other attractions. Not least is um, attractions across the border. Uh, Hong Kong's logistics sector. Um, what about Hong Kong's role in the green energy, the biotech, um, and uh, the strength of our leading universities? So there are so many other things that uh, people can, would like to, um, Paul Chan, to throw lights on. As I said, it's just not ordinary uh, people in the street. These are very top, very savvy business leaders and also political leaders around the world. So I think this is a um, quite a challenging task. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how important is the personal contact uh, at uh, 
occasions like this with, like you say, the world's top uh, business and political leaders attending? I mean, how, how much of an opportunity is it for the financial secretary to tell the good stories? Well, I think that there are, uh, of course, the, um, um, the Davos is a highly... Um, uh, polished uh, platform and um, uh, various um, uh, side meetings and various um, 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 uh, platforms and, and seminars and so on and so forth have well been organized. So I think, I, I, according to reports, he's giving, uh, he's going to speak, uh, uh, or one of the speakers on a panel, um, of various special platforms. And of course, these special platforms are all geared to particular themes. You know, you just can't go from one theme to another outside the uh, special um, kind of um, um, uh, 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 the infrastructure of these meetings. Um, so the skill is that how are you going to uh, take on t- um, uh, Hong Kong's um, advantages uh, to some of the themes specified in those platforms. Um, so it demands um, a great deal of skill. And it's not just reading from a script, because the Darwin's formula is very different from those you see uh, in universities, where you make a PowerPoint presentation or one of the um, um, kind of platforms in Hong Kong, uh, where you are the top leader, one of the top leaders, and you're invited to make a speech, um, and then people giving opportunity to ask questions. It's nothing like that. The Davos is, uh, is normally uh, consists of a platform, and then there are no PowerPoint presentations, and then people are sitting around, you know, on chairs, and then there is a coordinator asking a very uh, 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 insightful and, and, and pointed questions, uh, and each uh, leader may have to respond uh, and giving their, uh, the best they could. Uh, and then there will be several rounds of that, and there will be Q and A. And as I said, even the audience are all highly savvy businessmen and top leaders. So I think that this is a, a skill. But I, I have every trust in Paul. Um, he's a Polish um, also speaker in many different forums, um, and I think that he has, has learned has learned a, a skill. And after all, Hong Kong has got many advantages. But you've got to pitch these advantages in the particular problems facing Hong Kong in the world. And, uh, and, and today, Hong Kong's special problems um, you know, with our own unique system, with our integration with the mainland, with our competition um, to various uh, regions around the world. Mm. Um, Mr. Lang, um, as you said, there are so many issues at hand, and there's also strong headwind. Now, I know that, you know, um, as a panelist, uh, uh, Ao Po Chan could only, you know, speak for a short time. Uh, and given that time limit, uh, you know, what are the issues do you think he should pitch um, to these world leaders uh, who are at Davos? Uh, should well, it be GBA? Yeah. Should it be uh, integrity of our one country, two systems? I think it's got to be short, sharp. Uh, to the point and incisive, uh, and creating kind of a wow factor in some of all the um, um, uh, all these points. Because you, as as you rightly pointed out, that means only given a limited time, uh, and then various platforms are so sharply focused, and it's got, has got to really pick out the uh, all these uh, hot uh, topics or issues or aspects and focus on them and try to. In, um, uh, insert uh, Hong Kong specific you know, best selling points 
Uh, I think the main, um, main, main, main line is that Hong Kong's advantages as a, a one country, two system, um, in spite of the introduction of the world, you know, sort of uh, watched national security law uh, and the current trial of, of, of Jimmy Lai. Um, and also the, our integration with the Greater Bay Area is a, is a great, great story because a lot of people don't understand what the Great Bay, Greater Bay Area is all about. And Hong Kong's as, um, soon uh, expected integration with a much larger trading bloc, um, the world, uh, the regional comprehensive economic partnership, yeah. which is oh, the ASEAN countries with all their main trading partners con- uh, representing a third of the world's GDP, a third of the world's population. And, and also, um, the Bell and Road, of course, covers around the world, and there are lots of headwinds. And what's Hong Kong's role um, in linking um, uh, with the Bell and Road? Um, and as I said, I mean, Hong Kong's special attractions is the financial center, wealth management, you know, what are the strengths, um, and is our economy um, sort of still but, uh, sputtering, um, and all the, the fresh points, um, uh, the healthcare, um, high tech, uh, tourism, logistics. So I think that he, 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 can't inc- have, he won't have the time to include everything. But I think the skill lies in picking up all these, you know, sort of uh, USBs um, in a specific, um, any specific moment and try to make it interesting, interesting attractive, and addressing uh, some of the hidden uh, worries or issues uh, or interests uh, of his listeners. Okay, what, what, what do you think, Mr. Amate? How is, uh, uh, what, what does um, Paul Chan need to emphasize? Well, I, I think um, there are so many good uh, things happening in Hong Kong at the moment in terms of large infrastructure projects that would be very interesting for investors from all over the world that are still quite unknown. And I know uh, Paul Chan is a fantastic um, um, spokesperson, a fantastic uh, representative of the city when it comes to bring to bring to life the, the key highlights and the key things that are happening here. So I think he can do a fantastic job in in presenting them. Also, uh, I agree with um, the fact that the, the GBA is finally starting to be something that is easier to understand. So the fact that I mean now we are able to um, uh, cross the border in a much faster and easier way than before, the, the new regulations that are being put in place, the plans that are coming together, uh, indicates that uh, GBA is in, in reality going to be something really special globally that is worth considering for those that are looking at uh, the immense market that is the combined uh, population of all the municipalities that live around the GBA. Mm-hmm. So all that needs to be um, repeated and needs to be uh, shared with investors around the world. Like most, many of them might know about it, but I mean, like I said before, it's something that when there are so many things uh, around the world happen right, right now, it's important that they are repeated and reminded. Right. You mentioned before that uh, incentives are important. Uh, what, what do you think could be some of the incentives, uh, you know, to further investments in Hong Kong that Paul Chen can um, pitch uh, at Davos? Well, before he pitches at, at Davos, I mean, it's something that probably he needs to get consensus here in Hong Kong, and he he probably needs to discuss and and agree here, right? But. I mean, we have seen that there were a lot of measures that were put in place to incentivize the cons- consumption um, uh, during the, the tough years of COVID. 
uh, most of those incentives have faded away during the the last year, and I think that is an in, there's a clear indication that I mean if the, and there are no more incentives put in place, it's gonna be it's gonna remain hard to number one attract people from abroad to come and work in Hong Kong, uh, so the, the 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 challenge with talent remains. Um, we see most of the talent being um, being at the best being replaced by by um, workforce coming from from China, but that's not necessary enough if you want to keep uh, Hong Kong as international business hub. We also see that I mean consumer uh, the consumers uh, sentiment is is uh, and the and the attraction to tourists and the impact that it has in adjacent industries is the is not changed much or as much as people expected. Um, we see a flow of, uh, of, of, of consumers going to, across the border. So clearly, there is more work that needs to be done in order to sustain some of the basic of the main industries in Hong Kong uh, through the time that it takes to get back the flow of um, uh, or the injection of tourists that we were expecting to get that has not arrived yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Leung, to what extent do you think it's a, it will be important to try and uh, persuade overseas business people to to visit Hong Kong? Because uh, because once they do, I mean, once people come and see for themselves, they get a different perspective, don't they? From perhaps uh, the the impression that they've gained from uh, uh, viewing things uh, from afar through the uh, eyes of their uh, local media. So, um, what what do you, what do you think? Um, uh, visiting the place. Uh, um, and, and how do we go, go about encouraging that? Well, after all, um, Davos is not a bunch of tourists or would-be no. tourists. Uh, and these big guys are not interested in uh, Phoebe's. Uh, basically, it is um, uh, Hong Kong's um, um, inlet strength. And, and, and I think he's, he's, he's going to highlight that. And what are Hong Kong's inner strength? Look at these, uh, the financial sector. Hong Kong is the, the one of the richest uh, centers in the world. We've got, you know, so how many? Um, I think um, um, uh, 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 the people in the financial sector will know. Uh, people with uh, cash um, in, um, in, in their pockets of over, you know, sort of um, a million U.S. dollars cash. And the number uh, is, is staggering. Um, and, and in comparison with a lot of other places in the world. And so it, it, it points to a great place for um, wealth management um, companies, uh, family offices, um, and various other financial services to come to Hong Kong uh, to make their money. Secondly, uh, Hong Kong's uh, universities are among some of the leader, uh, you know, leading institutions in the region. Uh, again, uh, putting a, a, a great sort of breakthroughs in in scientific research, in, in uh, technological research, um, in, in AI, in artificial intelligence, and, and high technology, and even semiconductors. Uh, which is, of course, a very, very hot topic around the world. So I think that these, um, uh, again, um, um, one of the attractions. Above all, uh, Hong Kong is not just uh, itself. It's a very, very small spot uh, of, of, of um, um, a, a place in, in the map. Some people even can't even find Hong Kong on the map. But Hong Kong is integrated uh, with the Greater Bay Area, you know, so with something like 70 million uh, consumers and connected with high-speed rail. And the high-speed rail network also reaches throughout China. 
Um, again, um, reaching to the eastern seaboard and the central part of China uh, is a huge, huge market um, and full of business opportunities. Um, and then, of course, Hong Kong's um, much misunderstood uh, rule of law. You know, and, and our uh, uh, judges of the international from uh, other European countries, you know, sit on our courts. So I think that all these um, uh, strengths has got to be explained succinctly and highlighted in this platform. So as to attract people, um, and as I mentioned once again, these very top uh, businesses uh, around the world, uh, they, they are not uh, going to be interested into, as I said, freebies mm. uh, or bland <coughs> explanation of Hong Kong's strength. Okay. No, okay. no, no. Uh, Sorry, yeah, yes. go ahead. Go ahead no, I, I know that side meetings are uh, probably more important than, um, you know, joining the panels of the World Economic Forum. Uh, Last year, Paul Chan met with the Minister of Finance of Thailand and also the Minister of Finance of, of Saudi Arabia. Um, this year, I guess he will meet more people, whether you know they're from um, you know uh, financial min finance ministers or maybe private equity firms. Uh, what, you know, what what types of people do you think Paul Chan should um, um, visit more while he's at Davos? Well, um, Andrew first. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that he um, uh, like or not, what he, he he just can't. You know, just uh, there are so many people there. You see, there are, um, according to reports, two thousand eight hundred uh, of them, six one thousand six hundred uh, top business leaders, eight hundred uh, CEOs of uh, large multinationals, sixty heads of states. So he just can't, you know, just uh, just pick someone and zero in on 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 anyone uh, he he likes. Um, the thing is that he's there are so many um, powerful people. I think he's going to focus on uh, people in the financial sector. He's going to focus on uh, the um, uh, the people in the um, in in the, in the, in, the, in, the, in advanced countries and and countries he wants to attract to come to Hong Kong, uh, including, for example. Um, um, the Middle East. I mean, for example, the, one of the wealthiest um, um, businesses around the world are in the Middle East, and Hong Kong has got has built up a very good uh, connections uh, with Saudi Arabia and other countries in the Middle East. Um, and and indeed, um, uh, Hong Kong, invest Hong Kong is going to, according to reports, is going to establish an office there. So I think that the uh, he, he is well aware. Uh, of Hong Kong's connections, um, and it's like to find those people um, more interested uh, to come to Hong Kong um, uh, than, 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 than in other places. Okay. Mr. Amati? Well, in addition to everything that uh, it was said, I, I would uh, add there, the, representing the European Chamber of Commerce, obviously, we are very keen to see the the connection between Europe and uh, Hong Kong being back to what it was. And Paul Trump visited last year Paris, Berlin, London. Uh, we would definitely uh, welcome the possibility of seeing uh, more connections made with the leaders, both on the private and public sector, uh, from other other markets and other countries in Europe, to, to see that, uh, that in, in reality, Hong Kong realizes and appreciates that uh, Europe remains one of the main trade partners and investment partners, right? Yeah. Mm. 
Okay. Um, I have a, an email here from a listener, Ilnur, um, which has been um, edited for length. Um, uh, I will read it, but I think we'll probably have to keep uh, responses uh, till after 9.30 because uh, we've got uh, a new summary coming up. But anyway, um, Ilnur writes, uh, it's important to acknowledge the challenges that Hong Kong is currently facing despite Financial Secretary Paul Chan stating that it remains an attractive choice for international investors. The sluggish economic recovery, uh, weak local consumption, falling stock and property markets and structural fiscal deficit are significant issues that need to be addressed instead of solely focusing on the advantages of Hong Kong for global investors. It's crucial to recognize these challenges and develop a clear roadmap for economic recovery in the coming five years. By acknowledging the existing issues, we can better prepare for potential difficulties and work towards ensuring the city's long-term prosperity rather than repeating the same phrases about Hong Kong being back on the world stage and open for business, it might be more beneficial to create uh, new narratives that reflect the city's current reality. Uh, by doing so, we can present a more accurate and realistic picture of Hong Kong while highlighting its potential for growth and development. That from uh, Ilna. Thank you. Um, uh, do stay with us because uh, we're going to take a short break for a news summary and a couple of announcements. Um, a quick look at the weather before we do that. Uh, it's going to be uh, mainly cloudy and slightly cooler. Uh, top temperature today will be around uh, 21 degrees. Uh, the outlook um, uh, windy and slightly cooler uh, tomorrow and then becoming cool on Sunday, cold rather, in the following couple of days with the uh, minimum temperature falling to around uh, 12 degrees or below. Currently it's 18 degrees, humidity is 74% and the strong monsoon signal is in effect. Now the news with Sandeep Kumar. New territories. Saying green tourism is very popular among mainland visitors. Speaking on RTHK's Hong Kong Today program, Mr. Chow said the scenery here was a big attraction, but that the necessary infrastructure wasn't in place. Voters in Iowa are kicking off the U.S. presidential nomination race amid brutally cold conditions. People are gathering at 1,500 schools, churches, community centers to choose their preferred candidate. The first major test of whether Donald Trump's runaway poll lead will deliver an early knockout victory. The former UN ambassador Nikki Haley and the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, are currently battling for out for the second place. An Iranian-backed Houthi rebel in Yemen have confirmed that they carried out a ballistic missile strike on a U.S.-owned cargo ship in the Gulf of Aden. It's the fourth phase of the mandatory energy efficiency labeling scheme. Starting from September 1st, 2023, newly covered products include LED lamps, gas cookers, and gas instantaneous water heaters. Download the Electrical and Mechanical Services Department's mobile app E&M Connect and use Energy Saver to scan energy labels. Choose products with grade one energy labels. Look for the labels, save energy. Change your habits to save energy and cut carbon emissions. When the local seasonal influenza activity increases, if we fail to strengthen our immunity against flu in time, the risk of contracting flu could shoot up. Getting the flu jab can boost the immunity against flu and reduce the risks of severe complications and death. Don't drop your guard against flu, especially for persons aged 50 or above, children, pregnant women, and residents of residential care homes. Don't wait. Get a jab. Keep flu away. 
You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And welcome back to Backchat with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And we're going to continue uh, our conversation this morning about the World Economic Forum in Davos in Switzerland, which is being attended by our financial secretary, uh, Paul Chan. Um, we have uh, with us uh, our guests, uh, Andrew Leung, international and independent China strategist and a former director general of social welfare. And Inaki Amate, who's uh, chairman of the European Chamber of uh, Commerce in Hong Kong, and also joining us uh, now on the line is uh, Winnie Peng, who's an adjunct associate professor and director of the Roger King Centre for Asian Family Business and Family Office. Uh, that's at the University of Science and Technology. Um, Winnie Peng, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Morning. Um, I don't know if you if you were uh, listening uh, just before nine thirty, but uh, we read out an email from a listener who's making a point that um, um, you know while of course uh, you know everybody's trying to promote Hong Kong's advantages as a as a financial centre, um, we do have a problem with uh, uh, the stock market and the property market not doing very well at the moment. I mean, what do you to what extent do you think that might be uh, n- a negative factor in the perspective? of international investors or, or, or is this just a sort of temporary situation that's going to pass? Yeah, business will come up and down, right? So this is just business cycle. So I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, people should really aim at the long term, okay? So for the short term phenomenon, you know, you just cannot control, but uh, definitely, you know, as policy makers, you need to really set up, you know, long term goals. And of course, understand the really the true long-term strategy that uh, Hong Kong could play, okay? So I think Hong Kong has been a well-established international financial center for a long time. So it's already, you know, acting as a bridge and building the trust uh, between East and West in many ways. And actually, as a researcher, you just mentioned, you know, I'm a researcher in family business, family office. I actually, I'd like to use family office as an example. You know, family office definitely you know, it's patient capital. It's definitely long-term. So the short-term phenomenon will not, you know, affect their long-term investment goals. Okay? And in fact, throughout Asia, Hong Kong is home to most of the mature the single-family offices. I'm not sure if you know that. This is actually one of the uh, uniqueness of Hong Kong compared to other Asian cities. Yeah, well, and of course, I know that more and more new family offices uh, from around the world were set up in Hong Kong as well. Yeah, yeah, so, well, what what sure. are their thoughts? Um, you know, these uh, Asian family offices and businesses. Mm-hmm. What 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 are their thoughts on Hong Kong in general? And um, are they bullish about Hong Kong? Okay, um, just give you some example. <laughs> Two months ago, I had a uh, lunch with a couple okay, from Milan, China. They, they shared with me that uh, they, they actually went to other cities uh, in Asia, okay? So they are exploring where to settle family office. After staying in other cities for, for 15 days, they, they decided to come to Hong Kong. So Hong Kong's uniqueness, and then there are several uniqueness. One is really, it's, uh, you know, Hong Kong is the gateway, you know, uh, for, you know, uh, China, mainland China, right? So, you know, Great Bay Area actually is really the wealthiest region in the world, in fact. Okay, so uh, Hong Kong definitely, you know, uh, can attract a lot of, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, wealthy families from mainland China. Mm. And it's a very short distance. Yeah, it's very convenient. You can see that, uh, you know, family business, lots of family business owners, they don't really, you know, uh, trust uh, outsiders to manage their family business, right? So, and uh, they definitely don't want to live very far from their family business. Now, what about the family wealth? Okay, it's very, very unusual. It's uh, actually they will feel quite insecure if they put their wealth far from them. Okay, so one key, you know, advantage for Hong Kong is really it's very near to mainland China. Another thing is that, uh, as I just mentioned, Hong Kong is home to most of the matured single family offices. That's a big difference between you know new money from mainland China. Also, a lot of um, most of the you know family offices in Singapore, in fact, also new money. But Hong Kong have a lot of uh, a lot more old money. Okay, how can they preserve their wealth and their family legacy, family value throughout generations? In fact, they can have a lot experience to share to those new monies. So Hong Kong still, I believe, and in fact, um, I have been talking to different uh, private banks. And uh, uh, recent months, so, so I, I just want to ask them on how do they think about Hong Kong's attractiveness. What I found is actually they, most of the banks share with me that uh, um, uh, more requests for the, those wealthy families to set up uh, family offices in Hong Kong than before. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the target is for to have 200 family offices by next year, by 2025. Is that uh, is that a realistic target? Uh, I think it's actually a conservative target. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Very good. Let, uh, okay. Let's ask um, um, Inyaki Amate, of the chairman of the European Chamber of Commerce here in Hong Kong. What, what about uh, what about Hong Kong's strengths in that in this field of uh, wealth management? Well, I, I think it's very clear that, I mean, for um, the Chinese wealthy, Hong Kong is probably the most interesting and attractive place uh, for them because the gateway and because the, the closeness of the culture and language. So it's definitely something that Hong Kong has to play in terms of advantage for attracting this, uh, this type of uh, special um, customers. But I think when we look at uh, um, family offices from other parts of the world, including Europe, uh, I think that they, they, there has to be something else, right? I mean, there has to be something else to attract them to come over here. Um, I, I want to go back to what it was mentioned in the email before the break, because I think it, it, it uh, emphasized something that uh, I think we are not uh, putting enough attention, which is that that the reality of Hong Kong versus what we we are portraying is is slightly different, and the and the situation um, the situation has evolved and needs to uh, and is, and and the and the message and the measures that the government is putting needs to evolve as well, uh, and it plays also for attracting uh, attracting families from and uh, family offices and attracting uh, investors, right? So it's not you. You need to adapt the message to what the reality of Hong Kong is. The the, the, the economic situation of Hong Kong is not as as um, fantastic as we initially thought it would be by now. And uh, and obviously, more work needs to be done in order to um, to adapt the roadmap, adapt the, adapt the, the measures that is going to help us to accelerate the recovery. And and then that message is what is needs to be conveyed to. 
um, investors from all over the world, right? So not not I, I think investors are going to be very uh, um, intelligent in the way that they are making the decisions, and they are going to really want they will definitely want to know what is the absolute reality here. And family businesses are for the long term, as uh, Winnie Peng said, um, patient capital. Do you think we we you know we still have a competitive edge um, uh, over Singapore on this? Uh, Andrew Long, you have any thoughts? Well, um, family offices in Europe, um, uh, for example, um, some of them um, um, are not very familiar uh, with this part of the world. Um, and I think that the main attraction for family offices and wealth management in Hong Kong is, of course, our low tax base. I mean, I mean, look at the kind of tax they have got to to contend with in other places around the world. Secondly, is our the the, uh, the ease of doing business in Hong Kong. Highly efficient, you know, sort of uh, you can do you can get so many things done in Hong Kong in one day. Um, and the the government machinery is extremely efficient in, in for businesses. So I think all these have have got to be explained in concrete examples to attract potential um, family businesses. Uh, especially those who are far away from Hong Kong, who are less um, informed um, uh, of Hong Kong situation. But I think, apart from family offices in Davos, um, uh, of course, there are gathering crowds in the world, and 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 hence the, the overall theme of the Davos uh, Forum is re- rebuilding trust um, with all the star crowds around uh, around the world and around Hong Kong, around China. I think that. The main thing is to um, um, is to explain how Hong Kong can uh, is is um, uh, deal with these uh, uh, dark crowds, uh, particularly our finances, um, our um, talent pool, our business environment, but above, uh, but also zeroing on the um, the bright spots uh, after the um, the dark crowds um, and in the future sunshine. Um, for example, uh, the attractions uh, of the northern uh, uh, metropolis uh, we're building, and is a place in the greater big area, a vast business um, uh, market of something like 70 million people, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, top five middle class, uh, a lot of the wealthy people are, are gathering in, in, in this place, and Hong Kong's connection with the, with, with the ASEAN um, uh, market, which is as I said, is, is, is the one-third of the world's economy, one-third of the world's population, in a world much more interconnected in the fourth industrial in, uh, uh, revolution um, um, descending on us, um, defined by artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things. You know, all these are sunshine spots. And I think that um, um, uh, Paul Chen would be well-placed to highlight uh, Hong Kong's unique position um, in these um, um, uh, sunshine spots in the future, in spite of the flat clouds overhead. Mm. Yeah, uh, Winnie Peng, I mean, th- that's right, isn't it? The, th- the theme of this year's forum is rebuilding trust. Mm-hmm. So um, to what extent do you think uh, Hong Kong can contribute and, uh, and play a role in uh, bridging gaps between different uh, economies and countries? Yeah, so I think, uh, as I mentioned, Hong Kong has already been acting as a bridge between East and West. Uh, but just I want to continue with other, you know, speakers uh, sharing is that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Paul Chen's role, not just uh, simply talking about Hong Kong's uniqueness. In fact, Davos 
as a kind of influential uh, uh, international forum, people mm-hmm. well, went there not just talking about their own uniqueness, but also talking about the collaboration. And uh, coming back to family office, family office invested globally. So as a, just one economy, Hong Kong here, you cannot expect uh, you know, wealthy families to put all the money in Hong Kong. That's impossible, okay? So, you know, uh, so Hong Kong also needs to learn how to collaborate with other regions, other cities. In fact, uh, I always believe that Hong Kong should collaborate with more with uh, Singapore because uh, well, two, you know, prominent uh, uh, financial you know, centers in Asia actually can, be, can do more collaborations to really well, you know, position uh, Asian as a whole, okay? Is that realistic? I mean, don't, don't Singapore look upon uh, us as a rival rather than a potential collaborator? I, uh, whether it's, uh, it's really up to them, but I think this is, uh, you know. Uh, another thing is, uh, also I wrote uh, several articles in the past, is, uh, you know, um, you know we, we study family business, long-lived family business. So, you know, not all the business can survive that long, even if you work extremely hard. One of the key external factors, you have to have a very stable envir- uh, external environment, right? So in the current age of uncertainties, the geopolitical tensions in the world, the different nations compete each other, you know, wasting too much resources, damaging the environment. How could businesses survive that long? So I simply just, you know, wish that, uh, you know, people really, you know, we need to have some uh, visionary leaders in the world to come up, to really unite the, the, all the nations together and to, uh, to collaborate uh, with each other more until it is not, you know, too late. Right. Um, you, you mentioned that it's, uh, uh, 200 family offices is an easy target. Um, you, mm-hmm. Do you think that these family offices are mainly from um, uh, mainland China? Uh, it's, uh, I think the majority should be from mainland China. We should be realistic that uh, we are really adjacent to mainland China. This is our big advantage. And of course, you know, in Asian as a whole, you know, some other, um, you know, countries also have great interest in set up family office. And, uh, for example, some Japanese families uh, approached me before, and the South Korea families also approached us before. They want to understand how, you know, family office is, uh, you know, developing in Hong Kong. Because those uh, nations have very high inheritance tax. Okay, so those are the regional, um, you know, uh, countries. Of course, so we can, as an international center, you know, we have a lot of Jewish, you know, com- uh, people here, uh, families here, in- Indian families here, right? Uh, so, um, and I'm uh, flying to Dubai end of this month, <laughs> so there's also a grow- uh, growing interest uh, uh, from East uh, to set up family offices in Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm afraid we're out of time for this uh, part mm-hmm. of the program this morning. But uh, uh, thank you to uh, all our guests. Uh, that was uh, uh, Winnie Peng, who you just heard, uh, adjunct uh, associate uh, professor at the University of Science and Technology. Um, thanks very much to Andrew Leung, international and independent China strategist. And thank you to Inyaki Amate, uh, chairman of the European Chamber of Commerce in Hong Kong. The RTHK English News Service brings you the latest news throughout the day right here on your radio, our homepage, Facebook and the RTHK News app. And now we're on Instagram. 
up-to-date news, videos, feature stories and podcasts all at your fingertips. Search RTHK English News and follow us right now. Catching up with the very latest local and international news just got even easier. On your radio, our homepage, Facebook, the app and now Instagram. RTHK English News. Okay, and for the last uh, 10 minutes or so of this morning's programme, we're talking about uh, uh, the results of a new study uh, which found that uh, young children are spending uh, four to six hours a day on uh, electronic devices. Uh, that's a lot more than the two hours uh, recommended by the Department of Health. Uh, we're joined um, on the line now by May Lam, Dr. May Lam, who's a specialist in psychiatry and uh, president of the Hong Kong Mental Wellness Association. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jean. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, uh, so th uh, this survey was carried out by the, the Young Women's Christian Association, the uh, YWCA. Um, they interviewed 700-odd uh, uh, parents of primary pupils. Uh, it, ju it just covered children aged between 6 and 12, um, although um, I think, as we all know, the problem starts uh, uh, does start to younger than that doesn't it so um what um what effect does uh, too much time uh, spent on electronic devices have on children's development right okay now uh well i think the results is actually quite alarming but then if you look at the global figures is actually not that surprising to see there is a trend for the younger children like including the primary or even pre-primary kids uh for the use of um internet now uh, I think, uh, like, uh, well, um, there are a lot of impacts on them, like, physically and also psychologically. Now, uh, for physical, for, uh, for example, we know they spend so much time, you know, on Internet, and then that will reduce the amount of, um, you know, social interactions with others, also reduce uh, the amount of time they spend on physical exercise, and also, like, that will, you know, increase um, the risk of, say, obesity, and, you know, lack of, um, you know, the risk of um, other physical uh, issues, like, uh, for example, you know, the muscle pain and aches and so forth. Now, psychologically, of course, if the, you know, children spend so much time on the Internet, and then that will reduce the amount of time they interact with people. Now, uh, it's actually like um, there are reasons for why people spending time on Internet. Like, if we look at it, like, first of all, because of the pandemic, like in Hong Kong for the past three years, I think younger children, like the primary students, like, um, you know, they, they are exposed to the intellect learning. So, um, and sometimes, you know, because they're exposed to uh, using internet for learning, and that will, uh, you know, um, the, the amount of time increase in exposing to these uh, internet devices. And, uh, you know, comparing with um, the internet devices to the, you know, uh, everyday, you know, everyday uh, life. Of course, we know that the internet is very rewarding because, like, um, you know, you have very, very stimulating, you know, uh, fast, a lot of, you know, uh, if you do games, you know, there are uh, a lot of rewards. You have, you know, uh, you know, ranking and, you know, ma um, your marks and everything. So it's so rewarding compared to their daily, like, uh, homework and exercise and so forth. Now, the point is because it's so addictive and so rewarding, the more time the students spend on it, the less time they have the opportunity to interact with other people, mm -hmm. to talk to people in real life, uh, rather than, you know, online friends. 
And then because um, there are always reasons of why, you know, the student like to spend time. Uh, for example, like for those who are indulging in the internet, you know, sometimes maybe there are areas in their real life that uh, they're not satisfied. For example, like um, maybe they're falling behind academically and they feel themselves very demoralized and that's why they turn to internet. Internet is something that's so rewarding and they get a satisfaction there. And also like for other kids, uh, for example, their social skills are not as good. They don't have many friends in real life and they turn to online friends. The more time they spend on the internet, the less chance that they have to equip themselves, you know, how to uh, acquire the social skills. So it becomes a vicious cycle. So uh, like, um, you know, this is alarm and this is a concern. And I think even globally, if you look at the figures, like used to, um, I mean, like high school students, secondary school students um, used to be more prevalent of having, you know, internet addiction. But then uh, after the pandemic, we've actually seen globally the trend has been, uh, you know, going down to primary school. So, um, and also like physically, of course, and we're concerned about the, uh, you know, the, the effect on vision, you know, the eyesight and so forth. Right. Um, the, uh, I think all parents know about, um, you know, the negative effects of um, spending too much time with uh, the, all the e-devices. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there are so many conflicts uh, that the parents don't know how to deal with. And, um, you know, whenever a parent tells the child not to uh, play um, digital games, um, you know, the uh, the child might run into the bathroom and lock himself up, as um, as the newspaper told this story. So what, what is your advice to parents uh, to solve this sort of um, very serious conflict? Right, okay. Now, first of all, we all agree that, you know, uh, we should, you know, re- uh, cut down the time for Internet. And there's no doubt about that. However, when we, you know, uh, in order to do that, uh, there are a few things. Now, number one, we have to uh, communicate with the student. Like, I think we have to find a good time to do so. Not at the time, like, not just take the phone away or just, you know, unplug the computer and so forth, because by doing so, you'll create a lot of conflict. So usually what we do is we do it gradually. We find a good time to talk to the student, and then we have to have an agreed time. Like, uh, for example, if the kid is currently spending four hours, then we have a plan of gradual reduction to the amount of time that is reasonable. For example, like reasonable possible time, depending on family, maybe 30 minutes a day on the weekday, or, you know, from Friday, Sunday, and Sunday, we have uh, more hours than that, excluding e-learning time I'm talking about. Like, we really have to talk uh, with the kids, you know, uh, find a time to talk to them, and also do it gradually, because if you do it, like, instantly or immediately, things will happen, like, you know, they lock themselves up, or, you know, sometimes, you know, um, they get really agitated or even aggressive, and which is, you know, not good to both the parents and the child. And, you know, uh, more more importantly, that would jeopardize the relationship between, you know, the, the, the parent and the child and make it very difficult mm. for the parents, mm. you know, um, you know, to, to handle the, the kids later on. Yeah, so, so the study found that, um, the, the kid, well, I guess not surprisingly, the kids were spending even more time on uh, devices at weekends. Um, yeah. I mean, um, how important do you think it is for, for, for parents to uh, take their children out of, you know, the home environment, uh, take them out, take them out to the countryside or something like that, where, uh, where there are plenty of other things to do rather than look at uh, electronic <laughs> devices? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Or, of course, I think nowadays even parents they do spend time, you know, on the internet, and I think it's an easy way to like to comfort the child, you know, giving them just a device so that they be quiet. But then, of course, I think it's very important for the parents if we can think about doing things together with, um, you know. With um, the the kids, like you know, physical exercise or you know,、uh, going out together, and even if there is something on the internet, my advice would be, you know, do it together. Like if there are some, you know,、uh, you know, something interesting on the in- internet, you know,、uh, games, maybe we can do it together rather than just letting the kids to do it. And most importantly, because、uh, like if、uh, the kids are really spend a lot of time on the internet. And like like indulging in the internet, and also with some symptoms suggest suggested of you know internet addiction. Say they have a strong desire to do so, you know they have to do it, or they even you know make excuses of not going out with parents so that they can spend time on the internet. Now, if those if the kids have these kind of symptoms, of course it's important to reduce the time. But more importantly, I think we have to find out the underlying reasons of why. The kids would be spending so much time, like what I, I said earlier. Maybe there are things that happening in the reality that they are not happy about, because we know that you know addiction always you know happens you know when when people try to take away the pain from them. So not until you find out the missing puzzle, what is missing out in the reality. If you just take away the game, they will be replaced by something else, like you know、um, drugs and you know so forth. So. I think it's important to cut down the time, doing a gradual basis to talk to them effectively, and find alternative interests that you can do with them, like art and craft or exercise and so forth.、Mm-hmm. And then, like also find out the reason of why the kid is spending so much time. Not until we find out the missing puzzle, simply grabbing, you know, the the phone or unplugging, you know,、uh, the line is not the solution.、Mm-hmm. Um, what the、um, you know、uh, in in your、uh, profession? Do you actually ask the kids to come up with a solution rather than it's always top down, just right, very okay, quickly? No, I,、yeah. I think like it all comes back to uh, you know uh, uh, a good、uh, communication from parents、uh, to the kids. Now I think I do see、uh, you know students who are actually like heavily indulged into internet. To the extent that they, you know,、uh, is, you know, they fit into the diagnosis of internet addiction. Now, I think we talk to the, you know, we talk to the、uh, student individually, or, or we also get the information from the parents. Now, it's important to find out the underlying reason as to why, you know, the 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 kids spend so much time. Is it because there is something that they're not happy about? For example, they don't have many friends, or they get bullied by friends because of. You know, they're relatively, you know, uh, uh, you know, impaired with their skills at school. Now, those are the areas that we need to address,、okay. rather than. You know, just taking the the、sure. games away. All right. Okay, okay, Dr. Lam. Yeah. So I'm 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 sorry. I'm afraid we've、uh, run out of time for this morning's program. But、uh, but that's all very very、uh, good advice、uh, for parents. And and thanks for、uh, enlightening us、uh, on the situation. That was uh, uh, Dr. May Lam, who's a specialist in psychiatry and a president of the Hong Kong Mental Wellness Association. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks very much to our guest presenter Ada this morning and our producer Raphael.、Mm-hmm.